Welcome back, everybody. This is the J-Ball and Madams podcast. This is number five. Um, we're going to dive into the NFL draft today. We got two local draft experts, Brendan Maloney and Matt Sharps. Uh, we got a list of questions today and going to be a really good episode. What's up, Madams? What's good? How you doing? How's it um, Sharps, Maloney, how you guys doing? Doing, doing great. Good. Well, thank you guys for having us on here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Definitely. Um, we've been trying to get some other opinions on the podcast lately, kind of hear what everyone has to think about the draft. Um, the first question we had prepared today, um, I'm going to ask Brennan to go first. Um, do you have a winner and loser of the draft? Yeah, you know, it's not really more of one. I think that's just one person right here for my winner. I really like the Jets first pick. I mean, that offensive tackle from Louisville, he's just a big dude and just watching highlights that I've seen of him, I mean, he just throws people around the field. Like, I just think that he's going to be a presence, and I think that's something that the Jets need to work on. I mean, Sam Darnold needs people to protect him, and I don't think they had that right now. That's just a big move, big step I think they picked. Yeah, I think that's a great pick right there for a winner. I didn't really even come into my mind. I think the Jets needed to make an upgrade at the offensive line, and that guy's like six seven, and – his whole family is huge. Like he seems to play bully ball on the field. So it's going to be a great pick for the jets and they really need to make some moves. I know you're high on the AFC East coming into this year, but who were you thinking kind of was a loser in this draft? Yeah. Um, and at first I'm a Dolphins fan. I was all about it, but after I looked more into it, I'm going to say Chargers with, t- with, um, with Herbert. I don't really like him that much. I mean, he's a big body. Big body, strong arm, but if you just look at some stuff that he does on the field, I mean, he's all just first first person he's looking at. That's where he's going. If he doesn't like it, then he's just kind of going to get nervous and stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, so coming in with Phillip, it's just a tough spot to come in, and I don't think he's going to get it done for them. So if the, if the Dolphins took Herbert and then the Chargers took Tua, would Tua be your loser? Chargers? Well, just, no, I think – I know those two guys were compared back and forth yeah, a lot. You know, they were the I two think guys the, that were – The difference is I think that um, the Dolphins with with um, Fitzpatrick, they're going to start him all next year. And that's a big thing because Tua's going to have a lot of time to just get ready. I mean, rehab with his hip and everything, so – I think that's why the Dolphins picked him, just because they knew that they were going to start um, Fitzpatrick next year. Sure. And I think more with Herbert is that he's going to get more in a spot where he's – and I don't think he's going to be comfortable starting right away in the NFL, which he might not with, with Tyrod. I mean, I know the charges are high on him, but I think there's more of a chance of him starting. And I think if he gets put in that position – then he's not going to do very well in that position. And he's just going to realize that his first read's not going to be there a lot of the times. And he's going to have to adapt to that. And I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. Yeah, I definitely think having Fitzpatrick is huge. And having Tyrod's big too. I think for both teams, having a guy that's played a lot before, both former Bills quarterbacks, I might mention, Tyrod brought us to the playoffs. So, you know, he has that experience both in the regular season and the playoffs. But I think especially with, like you said, with the Dolphins, with Tua, having so much of an injury concern with him and unknown, having a guy like that that can come in and start in place and kind of ease him into it is a good idea because that's some teams have been doing more with quarterbacks is easing them in. I think that's definitely the right 
the right move. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's more like even you can look at the Chiefs. I mean, they did the same. Mahomes got to sit behind Alex Smith for a year. And then he comes in. I'm not going to say two is going to be something like Mahomes, but I mean, hopefully he is. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just having that year, I mean, especially it's huge for rehab. I mean, he just got that big hip surgery, and it really is going to help him out a lot, I believe. Yeah. I, I actually agree with that. Um, I think sitting behind Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually really helpful. Although a lot of people might not think Ryan Fitzpatrick's all that special. He's, he's stuck around the league for years for a reason. And it's because he's a, he's a smart mind. He knows the playbook well, and mm-hmm. I think he'll be able to adapt and um, form to a, into a, a solid starter in the NFL. I, I agree with you, Sharps. I mean, players like Fitzy, you know, the NFL is so hard to stay in. It's like got like a two to three league year like that's a duration of a lot of people's careers on average so a player yeah. like Fitzy who's now you know like a decade 15 years and is bounced just because you bounce around doesn't mean you're bad you know yeah. like, he clearly has something to offer to yeah. the league but I was actually Sharps I want to know who you kind of thought were winner and loser in this draft all right so I would say first of all my my winner of the draft is is the Minnesota Vikings Ooh. um I feel like they had a perfectly executed draft from mm-hmm. top to bottom. I really, I really think they were surprised that Justin Jefferson was there at the 22nd pick. Yeah, sure. That be. really fills in the hole right there. Obviously you're probably upset. The Eagles didn't draft him, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And I also think later in that round, they made another good pick. They addressed another need because they lost uh, Xavier Rhodes, I believe. And they uh, picked up a cornerback from TCU named Jeff Gladney. And then even in the second round, um, they picked up a big offensive tackle from Boise State named Ezra Cleveland, who was like in some people's minds a first round talent, and they got him D eight. So I think they really they really just shored up a lot of the things that they had worries about. And I think that those players are gonna be able to come in and be impact players right away. And I'd also like to note that uh in the fifth round they took a player named KJ Osborne who went to uh UB and then transferred to Miami. So shout out UB little UB shout out but I do think the Vikings kind of took advantage of the deep wide receiver class and the deep offensive tackle class because it seems like they got a few of those names that weren't maybe in the first Mm -hmm. tier but seems to be really high on a lot of people's boards so that was really really good idea to kind of get good value at a position and not have to reach you know what I mean yeah for sure for sure and shout out Max with the Vikings (laughs) (laughs) um and then I'd say my loser of the draft was uh the Green Bay Packers. I just think they had a horrible draft. I, I think the I think the Packers are really they have a team right now and they have a great young coach. I think Aaron Rodgers just needed weapons and they'd be, you know, competing for a championship this year. Instead they went with the route of drafting a backup quarterback, which I don't think is a terrible idea, but I think with the current status of their team, they should have drafted like a weapon there. Um, there's lots of like, obviously all the running backs were there. You could have drafted a like pretty much any other wide receiver that was decent. And after that, in the second round, they drafted AJ Dillon, a running back from Boston college, who in my opinion, wasn't even the best one on the board. The bills got Zach Moss later in the, later in the draft. And I think he's much better. And then in the third round, they got a tight end. So they didn't even draft a single wide receiver. And I don't know if you saw the stat, but in Aaron Rodgers' entire career, he's only thrown one touchdown pass to a first-round receiver, tight end, or player in general. So I really think, I really think they should have helped him out and drafted a receiver, a top-tier receiver, or gotten a nice running back for him. Just my opinion. I know I totally have to agree, and Madams, I'll let you fill in here in a second. But I wanted to make 
the point that when the Packers have been good, they have players like Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, you, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, even Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams are on that yeah. list, but they clearly need another elite weapon. Yeah. And it's crazy 100%. due to the, the talent in this draft class to not draft a wide receiver is unbelievable. Man, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'll, just to pick off right there, my loser was just Aaron Rodgers. I know you said the Packers in general, but Aaron Rodgers, I look at him as a guy who a lot of people consider the second-best quarterback of the generation, like post Peyton Manning, like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and then Aaron Rodgers, I'd say, is what a lot of people look at. And you look at the Packers last year, they were 13-3, and which you don't even think of them necessarily as one of those top teams, even though obviously people know they made the playoffs. But you think of the Ravens, you think of the Chiefs, you think of the Patriots, teams like that, 49ers. Teams that went far in the playoffs, and the Packers were right there too. They just, you know, they just lost a close one, or I don't remember what the score was, but they they lost in the playoffs, and they were right there, the second-best record in the league. So you look at what they need to do to get better, and I don't think they did that. As you mentioned, Sharps, you kind of filled in what I was planning on saying. But Aaron Rodgers, especially considering he's up there as one of the great quarterbacks, is kind of missing a little bit, and now Mm -hmm. is his chance. Now is his window to kind of solidify his career, and he's not getting that chance anymore. Yeah, I just feel like the Packers have had years to correct these issues, and they just have repeatedly not corrected them. And and they also traded up to get Jordan Love. It's not like which makes no sense. Which just I don't yeah. think he's gonna. I don't think any other team on the board right there was going to yeah. take him. Did you see what they I, said too? They said they, they, they didn't have anyone on their board that they were comfortable taking with their spot when they they were gonna be picking. Yeah. So that I mean that to me that sounds like they should trade back, but instead yeah. they just traded up and took Jordan Love. I, I don't know. I, on the board, but he knew they weren't. He wasn't going to be available. Yeah, so but I don't know why they would do that. If they traded up, I honestly would have thought they would have taken T. Higgins, a stud wide receiver from Clemson, or uh, Michael sense. Pittman Jr. from uh, USC. They're both very good wide receivers in their first round talents, and pretty much any other draft. I think it would be good options. Opposite Devontae Adams, who had complementary skill sets with kind of Devontae is like one of the better route runners in the league. Those people can just moss people. Yeah. And, you know, oh, for sure. For it's sure. It's worth, worth noting that um, I saw on Twitter there was a guy who he took like 13 different draft experts and took all their grades and compiled them together to form like a GPA sort of thing on the letter scale. And the Packers were by far the lowest with a 1 3 1. Wow. So, yeah. well, that would be. There you go. A lot of C's and D's right there. Yeah, I just I just think they made poor picks their first three rounds, and it's like uh, in their second and third round they tried to address some offensive issues, but they didn't take the best players in those situations. And you saw how how uh, impactful Jimmy Graham was when he was on the Packers. They, like when they have a big body there, like it seems like it's very helpful. And there was a good tight end from uh, what's his name? I think his name is Adam Troutman from Day- Dayton. He's he's one of those, yeah. He went third one round. Of those the Saints, I believe. Tight- that I feel like he's going to go in with Drew Brees and he's just going to be a stud right off the bat. And I feel like he would have done the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know who they could get, who the Packers could get? Um, what's Blaine that guy's Walker. name again? The guy from the XFL. What's his name again, Sharps? I was just talking oh, about Oh, yeah, the 6'8", dude. What's, yeah, what's his uh, name? I completely – I'm blanking right now. It's yeah. – uh, I don't know. I'll think of it. He's really good. He's fast. He's 6'8". He was, like, leading the XFL in receptions. He's – I don't know. He's probably looking for a job. Plus oh, he's, he's um, Donald Parham. Yeah, Donald Parham, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, the draft is kind of hit or miss a lot of ways, and it's kind of like taking a lottery pick. But if you're at the upper echelon of the first round, you got to be hitting on your picks. But 
Madams, I actually have a question for you, and then we'll hit up Maloney after. But what rookie wide receiver do you think is going to be the best in fan in fantasy football next year? Well, I appreciate the ask me first because you know I'm the fantasy expert. I know. <laughs> Just a little king of fantasy on that. Madams does <laughs> spend a lot of time on fantasy. He doesn't really get the results that you think he would <laughs> hey, by hey, putting hey. his time. But how many rings you got? Dude, I'm talking all. I'm talking all. Let's talk in fantasy basketball. I know I don't have that many either. That's fantasy. Hey, fantasy is not just football. It's fantasy basketball, other stuff that you spend a lot of time in that I still dominate in. Had a great draft in that, but you don't see me bringing that up. How'd that one end up? It ended up. We didn't have a winner. I was my team is dominant. I, I make the playoffs. Winning. I make the playoffs in every league I'm in. That's important to me because I always have a chance. I always <laughs> yeah. have a chance. I've if never I had a bad team. Can you? If say I this? didn't, I always keep Mahomes. And I, I just stopped keeping Mahomes in fantasy football. We got a dynasty one with a bunch of kids from Sharps middle school, and I always yes, I kept Mahomes last year. You can't really keep a quarterback, but all right. All right. Well, this is well, not, not, not important anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'd say in terms of rookie wide receivers, can have the biggest impact. Off the top of my head, I would say Jerry Judy um, going to Denver. He's in a situation where he's across from Cortland Sutton with a quarterback that's kind of developing. They like to throw a lot. I know they also have um, some good running backs with uh, Philip Lindsay. And, Melvin they, Gordon, too. They just got Melvin Gordon, yeah. So they could be running more this year, but I think that that also complements the pass game. I think that's going to be an offense where defense hopefully will be able to get the offense on the field a lot. Um, I was looking at the um, – what was it? The uh, – FanDuel Sportsbook projections for wide receivers. And right now, the number one projected is Jerry Judy. He's supposed to get 850 yards, five and a half touchdowns. For comparison, CeeDee Lamb's right there, too. He's supposed to get just under 800 yards. Henry Ruggs, 740. And Justin Jefferson, 725. Then Jalen Rieger, 700. So, bang, bang. <laughs> five but, I mean, five, they but- Jerry, Ju- uh, Jerry Judy, the only guy over 800, and I think he's also the best wide receiver in the class, so I really like mm-hmm. what he has ahead of him. I do just want to say I appreciate that you're kind of forming your own opinions and like not really researching online to get your facts and stuff, so it is good to see you're thinking for yourself. <laughs> but, <laughs> was that a true? Um, yeah, that was true. Um, <laughs> so it was, ni- it was nice to see. But, These people know more than all of us. I'm just looking at what they're saying. I'm yeah. agreeing with him. I mean, I do like the addition of KJ Hamler on the Broncos offense, too. You can throw him in the slot. He's mad fast. Mm-hmm. I know. Fast. I saw him all over campus at Penn State. He's like 5'8", though. Like, he's mad small. Harry Kill type beat. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the hands. Yeah. He does not, he's like, I know. He had, the, he had the, like, second most drops in the FBS. Yeah. Dude, he, he'd be dropping shit that, like – Oh my god, it made me so mad. I was like, dude, sign me up. <laughs> I need to walk onto the field and take over. But god, you, were, no. you were playing weren't you playing offensive line for your flag football team? I, no, I, know, I was I was center slash all right. I had to I had to fight my way for a roster spot on this team. So I was center slash running back until first game or second game when I had two the first two touchdowns out the backfield for the team on screen and wheel route. <laughs> I told my team I was like, God give me the rock and they did. But yeah, you know what? Sounds I actually for the uh, varsity football team right there. Yeah, save my talents. I save my talents for Madam's League. But hey. Malone, who do you think is best rookie wide receiver in terms of fantasy football? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with uh, CD Lamb out of Oklahoma. I mean, dude was just a stud the whole year. I mean, you look at just plays; it's highlight after highlight. I mean, he'll be. I mean, 
one highlight I can see right out of my head right now is the one against Texas where he was surrounded by at least four dudes and he just somehow got out of it, scored a touchdown. I mean, knows how to get open. I mean, I do know that that conference they're in is a weak defense, mm-hmm. like the whole conference. But I think him, especially teaming up with Dak, and he's not going to be the number one receiver. Amari's there. And I do know that that team, at least last year especially, was down in a lot of games, so they do pass a lot. Mm-hmm. Dak and had I, almost 5,000 passing yards. Yeah, I mean, so I really think that for fantasy-wise, he's going to be a big target. I think he's going to get the ball a lot. And especially especially think, if anyone gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I do think he's going to be able to make some plays with it. I think I, I know he's a big deep ball threat, and – Yards after catch, he's really good with twos. I just think he's an all-around stud, great player. I definitely – I think it was a great pick by the Cowboys. I was really mm-hmm. upset. Dolphins had the next pick. I thought they were going to get him, but congrats for the Cowboys. Am I, I, I honestly – I agree with a lot of what you have to say. I did have C.D. Lamb as my number one receiver on the board coming out. And the, honestly, the only reason that I don't have him as my number one fantasy receiver is because the Cowboys did something that a team in the NFL had never done before – which was draft a wide receiver in the first round when they had two thousand yard receivers before. Like Gallup is slept on. Like I don't even think he's that good as an Eagles fan. But if they have two receivers over a thousand yards, like it might just be kind of hard to integrate this third weapon. Maybe he has a bigger role than Gallup in the it definitely will in the future. But I just think maybe right away there might be some growing pains in how to work him in. He's definitely a baller and a beast. And I was very pissed off. I know we were texting during the draft at the Eagles. <laughs> get him. Like, yeah, Cowboys scum bad. But yeah, I agree. I think um, Dak is a. I guess a lot like. Um, Jalen Hurts too. I could I I say myself at least I see a lot in them the same like play type and um I don't know I think they're just gonna get him the ball. He's just a playmaker. I think they're gonna want to give him the ball and I think it's gonna happen. I think he's gonna have a big rookie season. Got you, um, Sharp. So what you thinking? So I'm actually gonna agree with Malone on this one. I I feel like uh, C.D. Lamb is definitely going to have the best season, and one of one of my main reasons and thought process behind it is uh, Dak Prescott. Although in my opinion he's a mid-tier quarterback in the NFL, he's top five fantasy quarterback every year because he Always. throws the ball a ton. He gets touchdowns, and I think that C.D. Lamb is going to be a big touchdown threat necessarily think he's going to get the most yards, but I could see him getting something like 500 yards and 12 touchdowns, which will be more touchdowns than any other receiver in fantasy um, that's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, obviously, you can't, you can't not just look at Amari Cooper. He's probably a top five route runner in the NFL. Definitely. He's nasty. Absolutely. I think I have, I have similar thoughts to you with Gallup. I think CeeDee Lamb is much better than Gallup. Obviously, he had 1,000 yards. You saw how much he benefited yeah, just, from having Cooper mm-hmm, on his team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think CeeDee Lamb uh, will be able to go in right away and just uh, contribute. I think teams are going to struggle finding a corner that can guard all three uh, receivers, and I think CeeDee Lamb is definitely going to benefit from that because he is a stud. For sure. Honestly, um, I agree with a lot of points you said. Um, I'm actually going to answer this quick. Uh, what rookie wide receiver you think is going to be the best? Um, I'm honestly going to go with either Jefferson or – the Eagles guy, just for the slow, the sole fact that Diggs put up amazing numbers in the Vikings offense. I, I know Jefferson's a red zone threat. He can run pretty much every route in the playbook. I could easily see him having like a 
65 catch, 900 yard, six yeah. or seven touchdown season is their number two weapon. And the, as the Eagles, Jalen Rager, like they literally just have nobody else there that in terms of pure, they have no other bodies. And this guy might just be better than everybody else. Jeffrey's going to be hurt at the start of the year. He can learn from Deshaun Jackson, who I think will have a good year too. Um, I really think Rager will have a good year, but I do think in terms of overall best res- receivers, Judy and Lamb got to be at the top. But yeah. mm-hmm. fantasy I also think Rager, if I'm not mistaken, is like a uh, punt return specialist as well. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. he'll add a lot of yards in that way as well. And I, I mean, think he's he's a good weapon for sure. He has hands too, so it'll be better than yeah. Aguilar was. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, <laughs> he'll be able to catch the ball. Aguilar like had so much potential to be good. What were you saying? Lamb? I thought he was going to be ridiculous coming out of the draft. Aguilar was like yeah. a big guy. I thought he was going to be really good. Sorry, what were you saying, Malone? Yeah, about the um, the Eagles wide receiver. I saw a lot, a lot of good talk about him, and also the TCU quarterback they had was just a, he was a, a freshman, and he just was not very good this year. I'm pretty sure he had the one of the worst numbers out of quarterbacks coming up out of the college, mm-hmm. and I also saw a stat where um, it was, like, when he was throwing the ball, he caught the ball almost every single time. Like, he, I mean, mm-hmm. this dude, I really do think he's going to be a start, and he's fast, and that is going to help him out a lot. Yeah. And I really do think he's going to have a blowout season. Well, it was interesting no one mentioned Henry Ruggs. I know he's a top wide receiver for um, um, the Raiders. That was a bit of a surprise pick, I know. Coming into it, he wasn't ranked number one on many people's board, but I think he actually could be really good. I don't know. I'm looking at all of these wide receivers. It's such a deep class. I'm really excited to see what happens this year. I think there's a lot of great talent across the board. In terms of fantasy, I'm excited too. I think it should be a really good year. So moving to the next question, um, actually these the, all three questions here, um, first two we answered and then this one, were submitted by uh, John DeLoss. So thank you for that. Um, this question was, who's going to be the biggest bust in the draft class out of all the rookies that were just drafted? So, Brennan or Sharps, you guys got any ideas for that one? I think biggest bust coming out of this draft, and I think he has potential to be good, but I don't know. I look at C.J. Henderson out of Florida. I just see him – I was looking at some highlights, and to me, he looks like, in college at least, he wasn't one of the best tackling um, corners in the league. And I think that, that's a big part of corner is just someone getting out in the open. You just got to make that tackle. And I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I don't think he's as physical as other people. And I just really don't think that, especially in um, Jacksonville, I know they just got rid of their top corner and he's probably going to have to step up in a big way for them. And him going against one of the top corners, I mean, one of the top receivers in the league, especially coming right out of rookie season, I don't think is going to help him at all. And I think that he actually will be getting exposed a little bit. <laughs> um, I definitely have to agree with you there. I honestly didn't even think about it in terms of bust at the start of the question. I was going to go A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Yeah. I don't even think – like, I just feel like the defensive backs after Okuda – in this class, especially at corner, no one really knew who was going to come off the board when. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel like Henderson at nine 
And I think Terrell at 16 are definitely two reaches. I think that's a great uh, pick there, Malone. Uh, Sharps, I didn't mean to take your guy there if that was going to be. Nah, you're good. Um, I was going <laughs> to agree. I, I agree with both of you, actually. I think that those picks were more just position needed base. I don't think they took the best player available. I think they saw, obviously, Jaguars lost um, Jalen Ramsey and the um, Falcons AJ. lost uh, Desmond yeah. Trufant as a part mm-hmm. of the secondary. There's a need, definitely. And um, in those positions for them, obviously, I don't think they were the best players there. Like, I think, to be honest, I think Jacksonville probably should have dra- drafted one of those tackles. Probably Mackay Becton, that dude Malone was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. went to the Jets. I feel like that would have been good, especially since it looks like they're sticking with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. He's tiny. Kinda, you kind of want to, kind of want a good tackle there for him. And I just think the the AJ Terrell pick just made absolutely no sense for the Falcons that high, especially I would have just traded back if mm-hmm. I were them. There was yeah, plenty take of him. good players. You could take him in the twenties. If you think yeah. maybe even early, early second round. Honestly, plenty of good players. I honestly think the dude, the dolphins drafted at pick 30, uh, Noah. And then his last name is like super long. I have no yeah. idea how to pronounce it, but I think he's a stud. I think corner? he's better than he AJ corner? Terrell. Yeah. He's, yeah he's from Auburn. Damn. I like him more. I think, I'm pretty sure both his parents are like Olympians, so athletics just runs in his family. Honestly, I, I have to agree there. I would always take an SEC defender, always an ACC, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Like I don't even, I haven't really watched much tape on that Auburn corner, but I, yeah. I like drafting defense out the SEC. Yeah, I, I think, think he's with him, oh, yeah, I think with him too is he's only been playing corner for I think two years. I mean, he's played receiver his whole mm-hmm. life, and then. Auburn actually switched him. I think it was his sophomore year. And although I do like him, I don't think that was the pick for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I don't think they needed the corner. I mean, they have – I think it's the second and third highest paid corners in the league. Yeah. And to pick him first round when they just released Rashad Jones and Xavier McKinney was still on the board, I don't think that was a good pick. Yeah. But I think he does have good potential, though. I do yeah. think he's a I good agree. player. I don't think the fit was right, but I do like him as a player. Um, I'm pretty sure he was a track star. He's probably one of the fastest. He's going to be one of the fastest corners in the league right off the bat. Um, probably needs some refining. Like you said, he only had a couple years under his belt at cornerback, but as long as he gets refined, um, I think he'll be a stud. And I think I think he's better than A.J. Terrell, just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. A.J. Terrell is getting waxed by UNC receivers. Like. Oh yeah, <laughs> all it needs to be said. I mean, Clemson Madden, played. Clemson played absolutely nobody until the playoffs. So, yeah, Madams, who is the biggest bust in your eyes? So I know some of you guys. You, you may have seen this one coming. It's just a guy I've talked about a lot. He's not my favorite player. He's a great human being. I just don't love him as a player. Um, and Brendan, I'm sorry. I know he comes from your favorite team, the Dolphins, but I'm not oh. a huge fan of Tua. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I apologize because I know so many people love him, and I realize I may be wrong here. But what I look at about him. Two things that aren't his fault, or I mean one of them maybe. So I look at the fact that he's left-handed, and I don't think of any – I can't think of anyone that has been good that is left-handed besides Michael Vick in the past how many, 20 years? And he ran a mm-hmm. four threes. So, you know, receivers aren't necessarily used to catching the balls with the, with the left-hand spiral. It's a little bit different. A lot of guys have talked about that. Um, it's something that requires the offense to change a lot. So it's a lot, it's, it's a lot of moving parts together that I don't think are necessarily as easy as it sounds, as it, it may seem. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I look at the fact that, again, just history-wise, he's from Alabama, which has not been good for producing quarterbacks besides, mm-hmm. like, Ken Stabler in the 60s, 70s, I don't know, whenever he played. 
So in terms of Alabama and being left-handed, these are two things that have spelled out failure for a lot of guys in the past. And I may be wrong here. I, I'm hoping that he breaks that trend, but as trends usually work, they continue. So no, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I see yeah. I see what you have to say there, Madams, and I think it's two historical points that are tough to avoid. But I do think that the change from a righty to a lefty is something that an NFL coach would be able to get his team around. And I do think mm -hmm. that if Tua can just – I think the only asterisk with Tua is the injury thing. That's if he what can I was going to healthy, yeah. I think it would be a baller. Yeah. I, th um, I think he's such a smart guy, but I don't know. But with the injuries and then all that, everything that has to change, I just don't know. I yeah. the top five um, I think I think the injury is the biggest concern. Um, a couple of your points: uh, the fact that he's left-handed and there hasn't been that many good left-handed quarterbacks is valid in a in a sense, but uh, only ten percent of the people in the world are left-handed. So that's base. That's math. There, there's not going to be as many good left-handed quarterbacks. All right, but there's a higher. And I'd, also, I'd also like to point out that the that the the first two receivers taken in the draft were thrown the ball by Tua. And I yep. think obviously Alabama's a great organization. They have like a great system going there. But I think if those receivers were the two most like highly touted according to these scouts, um, and they were from Alabama catching passes from Tua, I think I think that uh, NFL wide receivers will be able to adjust so very easily. Would you say that they help to make Tua look better more, or Tua helps to make them look better more? Because I look at it, and that, that's another thing I was going to bring up. Mm. He did have two of the best wide receivers in the country, and he's had these guys before. And he's got two others that are first-round picks. So he's – yeah, <laughs> so his receiving core has been ridiculous. So it's kind oh, of yeah. a position where in college it's hard to fail. But in the NFL, who are his wide receivers? Who, can you name the wide receivers for the Dolphins? I don't know if he's going to be Devontae Parker. I know he's like, pretty solid. I know he's he just signed a contract, and I always yeah. add him from free agents and fantasy in like week eight. Mm -hmm. He was no, really coming on at the end this year. Yeah, he actually was. Um, I think it was top five in yards this year, which is mm -hmm. going to help Tua a lot. And also, Tua is going to have a year to get that hit better. I'm not yeah. saying it's going to be full, but he is going to have some time to rehab it and just make it stronger than it is now. And you got the uh, everyone was saying like he's one of the most he is if not the most accurate passer in the draft and mm -hmm. that definitely I would say what you were saying about the wide receiver to quarterback I think they helped each other and I think if you look in the NFL that almost I mean a lot of the starting receivers are going to be as good as the ones coming out of the draft I mean yeah not I mean Judy and Ruggs are just different but. Still, Devontae's a very good wide receiver. I know they have um, Jerry and Grant, mm -hmm. who is a very fast receiver. And um, also Albert Wilson, who has been good in the league for a couple of years. So yeah. there's some decent receivers. I mean, one, I would say, who's on the rise to be a um, pro bowler. And then the other two are um, they're decent, especially if Devontae can stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to until last year. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I mean – Fitzpatrick will start this year. He'll too be able to NFL game because I know it's such a difference from college to NFL. And um, yeah, I think I think you got some points, but I also do think you can't not pick him there just because of how much potential, how much up he has, like mm -hmm. to be good in the NFL. I mean, his comparisons are like. Drew Brees. I mean, if I get a Drew Brees out of this, or the Dolphins do, I that's, mean, 
That's which fair. also you got you got to remind you got to see the Dolphins also missed drafting Drew Brees when Nick Saban was their coach. So if you do that again, I think they yeah. had to pick him. I don't think I don't think it was. I don't think there was anyone else that they could have picked there. And I think they could have taken Isaiah Simmons, who's probably the second best yeah. defense. I mean, him and Jeff Okuda, yeah. are, they're right there, two and three for best defensive players. And they're mm-hmm. going to be bad this year. Everyone knows that. Dolphins know that. They have Ryan. Yeah, Scott, Dolphins I think might not be bad. They could win, you know, five to seven games, but they're going to have a similar pick next year. And yeah. I think that the quarterbacks next year, especially this year when you can't work out guys like, you know, he didn't have the same – he can't come in and work out for you because of the pandemic that just started. You know, all this is over Zoom. You're relying on a lot of medical data there that you're yep. unsure about. And it's a lot of, especially for something you got to consider, a guy coming in, he's not going to be able to be with your team doctors right away because he's so distant. Mm-hmm. That's so a fair I think point. There's so much of a risk there where there's going to be quarterbacks next year. I mean, hey, I'd tank for Lawrence if it's me, but I understand the potential that's there and how smart and accurate he is. So I, could yeah. see and, um, the thing with Simmons, mm-hmm. I think they didn't get him. I mean, they drafted – I mean, not drafted. In free agency, they signed – I think it was three linebackers, one from mm-hmm. the Eagles and two from the Patriots. And one they gave a big, big um, contract to in Van Noy. And then also, um, they also have some solid linebackers right now. I mean, they got this dude – I know I don't remember his first name. His last name is Baker – from Ohio State a couple of years ago, and he's been playing really well for him. I mean, their defense obviously has not been very good, so maybe that's just him just showing off a little bit because of how bad they've been. But I don't, I don't think – I think the draft is more of what position you need, and I don't think Simmons was the position that they needed. And for them to go a different way and a quarterback is what they obviously did need. And I think it was the right pick. I do. Yeah, I mean, Malone, I agree it was the right pick to snag two up. I do think the Dolphins will be pretty good this year with all the defensive signings they had in free agency. I think the offense might hold them back a little bit. But in terms of progressing in the NFL, it is hard to be good. But it is really, really, really easy to kind of get worse in an offseason. So I'll ask Sharps here, what team do you think is going to regress the most in terms of record of the NFL? To me personally, I believe it's going to be the New England Patriots. Um, like we were talking before the podcast, uh, the Bills and the whole AFC East has a uh, tough schedule this year. They have to play against the AFC West, which obviously has the Kansas City Chiefs reigning Super Bowl champions. And they also have to play against the NFC West, who has the Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks, who are all great teams. And Obviously, they lost Tom Brady, who's a once-in-a-generation once type player. And they didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't, they didn't do anything like that. I think they're going to ride it out with either Brian Hoyer, who I know is dog shit because he was the Texans quarterback, or Jarrett Stidham, <laughs> um, who we don't really know much about him. He could be a stud. I could just be sleeping. But in my opinion, obviously, I think Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Lo- love or hate the Patriots, I don't think it's hard to dis- – I don't think you can really disagree with it. But I definitely think they're going to regress. Um, Twelve and four is going to be hard for them last year. I see them more around an eight and eight type type record, a little bit lower, honestly, if I were to be honest. But I'd say the Patriots don't really have that many offensive weapons either. So even if they do have Brian Hoyer or Jared Sidham comes in and he's just, and he's like really better than anyone expected, doesn't really have the weapons to throw to. I saw. I noticed the Patriots drafted two tight ends. I'm not really. Sh- 
sure what they're trying to do with that. Obviously, that was successful in the past for them with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez um, a while ago. But I don't see either of those tight ends they drafted being anywhere near mm-hmm. those players. But that's just my opinion. Uh, Maloney, who's getting worse? Yeah, I think – yeah, I'm going to go with um, – I was actually going to go with the Bills, but I think I'm going to go with the Texans. I think – I do not think they – For my had, team to uh, share. <laughs> I think they had a bad free agency. I think, I mean, getting rid of Hopkins, I just don't uh, yeah, understand. Don't started on that. <laughs> I just don't. And I think without them having that one receiver, I don't think Stills or Fuller is going to be able to just get by those corners that they're going to go against. I mean, I think the Texans are going to – I think Watson's going to struggle finding open receivers. And they – um. They got a decent offensive line. I mean, Tonsil's – I mean, actually, wasn't um, Watson one of the most hit quarterbacks in the league last mm-hmm. year? Because mm-hmm. the yeah, line so, besides Tunsil is terrible. Yeah, so, I mean, not a good offensive line. You don't have your number one receiver who can get open all the time. Yeah. I mean, you got Stills and Fuller who are two, yeah. what, speedy receivers, but they're not going to be able to get open on, like, the short routes all the time. And I just think Watson is going to struggle finding the open dude. I know yeah. don't they have a pretty good tight end, though, right? Nah, their tight end is no one. But um, <laughs> another thing I wanted to add was uh, they did they did trade for Brandon Cooks, who I feel like could slot in there and be a, a key uh, impact on offense. But I do agree with you. I think trading away Hopkins was just so dumb. I mm-hmm. It pisses me off more than anything. He's my favorite player. I'm a Texans yeah. fan. He's one of the main reasons why I, I love and support the team. And now that he's gone, it just seems like coach Bill O'Brien just had a bad relationship that wasn't really publicized at all until obviously he got traded. Everyone was like, what the hell's going on? So something came out about it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, I obviously I'm biased. I think they're going to win the division. That's just uh-huh. my personal opinion. I, a lot of people will probably say the Titans will win the division. I feel like that's probably a very valid answer. Um, I just, I just really think Deshaun Watson's special, but I, I definitely agree with some of your points on that. I honestly, I feel what you guys are saying, but the team I think is going to get the worst is the Tennessee Titans just due to the fact that I don't think Tannehill is that good. I love Derrick Henry, and I think him carrying them to the AFC Championship game last year was awesome, and I think he'll have a great year again next year. But I just don't see Tannehill playing like he did in the playoffs. I know in one of those games he had less than 100 passing yards. I don't really think that now giving him the contract they did too, that they will take the next step as a team. And I just think the Titans will suck next year. Well, I look at the Titans. They won nine games last year, and then they had all that momentum going into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I don't really think they're going to necessarily regress that much in the regular season because I could see them winning you know, anywhere from like six to ten. Well, yeah, games. but they did make an AFC championship. So, I yeah, yeah. In terms so of if you consider, yeah. yeah, if you consider like with the playoffs, I could say yes, definitely they're a team that would regress a lot. But in terms of like the regular season, how much, how many wins, and like whether or not they're competing at the same time, I could see them being competitive again. I know Tannehill's. You said not that good, and I agree, but I think their defense is always good. And I really like Mike Vrabel as a coach. So I yeah, me too. Could be something. Another, another point, um, for Tannehill, big reason why he was so good. I mean, that offensive line has just been oh, playing yeah. so well lately. And I think mm-hmm. even if you're not that good of a quarterback, to have a good offensive line is going to make you a better quarterback. I mean, you're going to have the full – I mean, you're going to have the run game and then – what comes with the run game, the play action, and it's all just going to come together, and which is what did happen last year during the end of the season. I mean, 
with that run game being like clicking, it's going to give him so much more time to just look through all of his reads. If his first isn't there, then he's going to have time to like find the other one. And he is an athletic quarterback. He can run. And I am very – I don't like him at all, just coming out of Miami. I mean, the dude got hurt every season. But I think him having that offensive line that he has, I think he is going to have um, a good season, and I think they are going to be good too. I think winning that division is going to be the Colts, though. Mm-hmm. Another team with a great offensive line just drafted Isaiah Taylor. Uh, no, Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. um, who probably won't even start Marlon Max there, but I think Philip Rivers is there now. I think they're going to be. Um, I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting division. I think there's a. Yeah. I mean, Detroit, you never know. Um, I mean. Obviously, the Jags, I would say, don't really have much of a shot. But with the other three teams, I think every year it feels like they're always right there in the middle and it's come mm-hmm. down to the last couple of weeks. So I'm excited yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another another thing to go to J-Ball's point about the Titans regressing. Uh, yeah. I know Malone was mentioning they had a great offensive line, but uh, with Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin was a big part of it, and he actually signed with the Browns in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So that's a big loss that is um, for them. But I honestly think Derrick Henry, in my personal opinion, is the best runner in the NFL. I don't think he's the best running back overall. I think that's Christian McCaffrey. But in terms of running, I think it is uh, Derrick Henry. So I think he'll be fine either way. They have Taylor Lewan, who I think is one of the best left tackles in the NFL. So yeah, I definitely agree and disagree to a certain um, extent. I kind of I kind of wanted to just get a feel for what you guys thought about the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round with the 53rd pick. So I think that was actually pretty interesting. I know I've read a, I've read a lot about it. What they might be doing, I don't know if they're like all in on the whole like use two QBs. Like I've yeah. heard a lot about like I don't know how I feel about Taysom that Hill on steroids. If that's the case, if you're gonna use him, <laughs> if you're gonna use him as Taysom Hill, that's not worth the pick that you took him for. Yeah, but I do I think that if they have something in mind that's revolutionizing the game, it's good. You're gonna look back at that pick and say that was a really smart move. And I think Wentz yeah. is a good enough quarterback where you don't need to do something like that. But also in a game that's changing all the time, you know, we're looking at it started off as a running league and then it was a passing league. And now it's kind of going back to where all the best teams are, the good running teams and different position groups are becoming important at different times. I think if they have something in the back of their mind, I think that with their coaching staff, they might. If they have a way to use him, like sort of in a way that we haven't seen before, that could be a really good pick. And I'm excited to see what they do. I think I'm going to let you guys speak in a second to our guests, but I really just think they saw an opportunity to not have to sign. They're kind of cap stricken, not this off season, but as they go into the future, they don't have like no money in next off season. So if they could get four years of a second round pick salary, I know it sounds terrible to think about. And the fact that they use a second round pick on it in hindsight is bad to find a backup quarterback. But you look at it, they win the Seahawks game. If they have anybody besides McCown backing them up, they already saw them win the Super Bowl with Foles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah. love Wentz. I think Wentz is insane, but you need to have the second most important position on the Eagles is backup QB and getting Hurts. I really do like, even if he doesn't really play too, too much. Yeah. They, they said that. They said that too. They said they always want to have their backup QB be a top 10 quarterback, which yeah. I don't know if Hurts is there yet, but I think it's like, it yeah. goes along with, with yeah. their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, I actually really like the pick. Um, I think it was, Obviously, everyone was kind of surprised by it because obviously they have Karsten Wentz, who I think mm-hmm. is a great quarterback. Uh, 
But I would also say, like, when I was watching the draft, because I watched the whole draft, uh, after the Eagles took uh, Jalen Hurts and they showed Doug Peterson, he almost had, like, a maniacal grin. Yeah, so I saw that. I think he knows something that <laughs> we don't something. know right now. And if you think – if you date back a few years when the Eagles signed Doug Peterson to be their head coach, everyone was like, who the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck? And then he won a Super Bowl. So, yep. I don't really doubt anything the man does now. And if he, if he seemed that happy about the pick, I think there's something that we don't know. And I think he's going to be uh, definitely incorporated into the offense. And I think it's definitely good to have that safety crutch, especially since Wentz seems to be a little bit injury prone. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a great pick. Yeah, I also – I'm going to say that I think it was a good pick as well. I think it was um, – big part because last year, I don't think Wentz had anyone to compete with. And I think bringing him in, it's a big comp- – it's a competition now. I mean, Wentz is going to – he's going to have to step up his game. He's going to have to ball out. And like yeah. he did when Foles was there. And, and that was his – I mean, I think if he doesn't get hurt, he's the MVP of the year. And I think a lot of that is he's – playing his best ball at practice like he's got to or else his spot's yeah. going to get taken. I mean, he's got a good backup there. And I think I, competition is a huge part in the yeah. game, and oh, I do I, like that pick a lot. I yeah, 100% definitely. agree with you. Malone, I was thinking – I didn't even really think about the competition aspect, but now all I'm reading is, like, Wentz is pissed off. Wentz wants to prove that he's, like, that QB1. Yeah. I think that even in terms of that's unsettling as a franchise to hear – but if your franchise QB is motivated to get better, that's always a great thing. Yeah, exactly. That's facts. Because I don't think he was in any doubt that Josh McCown was going to take his job. No, <laughs> I don't ever, think anyone ever. would be in doubt if he's your backup. He's like 40 years old. But so I think bringing in that young young uh, quarterback who's proven has proven success in the toughest stages in college football, I think that'll definitely fuel his fire. I know. Jalen Hurts had 20 rushing touchdowns last year. Like, that's yeah. Crazy. He's great. Mm-hmm. All right, I just wanted to ask that because I don't know. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about the Bills draft? I know there's probably a lot of listeners here in Rochester, close close by, local team favorite. What do you guys think? Yeah, I um, Quick thoughts. I'll go their first pick. I don't know how to say the Iowa. AJ, AJ Epinesa. Yeah, I think I think it was a good pick. I think um, – yeah, I mean, he's a great player. He's going to have an instant impact in the game, I think. And um, just looking at some clips of him, he, he's really good with his hands. And then um, getting, to the, getting to the quarterback, I mean, no doubt. I, mean, he, I think he was the second most sacks in the league, I think it was. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not positive about that stat. But, yeah, I really did like him as their pick. And then um, they drafted Fromm too, right? They did, yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I thought, um, yeah, I like that pick. I mean, it's a good backup for um, – Allen and um, I thought their backup last year was not very good. I can't remember his name, but um, well, Matt, Matt Barkley was wasn't that bad, but he did step in a couple times and lost the game. I mean, Barkley First time was good. Second time, Maloney, Maloney, Barkley's the quarterback that, yeah, we, went, that we, we went to the game. Yeah, and, oh was, yeah, that's probably the one you guys were at where he didn't do well. <laughs> he had one game yeah. where he blew it, and then one game where he actually did really well. So it's kind of yeah. Uh, well, I mean, regardless. I think Fromm was a good pick as well. But, Better um, than I don't Nathan know. Peterman. That's all I that. don't know much about <laughs> the other picks. I didn't follow him that much. But yeah. I think, um, yeah, definitely the um, Iowa Dion was a great pick. Yeah. Um, I also agree. I think it was a steal. I don't think the Bills expected him to be there when they picked him. 
I don't think many people expected him to be there. He was uh, touted as one of the best defensive ends. I saw him as the like second best defensive end coming out behind Chase Young, who obviously was the best prospect in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Bills. I think the Bills really had a good draft, even considering they don't have a first round pick. Obviously, they traded their first round pick and got Diggs, which is well worth it in my opinion. Good move. I also think uh, picking up Zach Moss is is a great pick in the was it the third round I believe. He basically, in my opinion, single-handedly almost took Utah to the college football playoff. If you look at their quarterback, he was nothing special. Zach Moss ran that offense. The games he didn't play were the games he, they lost. Um, and I also think that Jake Fromm is a good pick. From what I've been hearing, he seems like he is a, like really smart and he knows the playbooks really well. And I think maybe he can help Josh Allen in a sense, kind of limit some turnovers and stuff and make some better throws. Obviously I think Josh Allen is the better quarterback of the two. He has a great arm. Fromm doesn't have that great of an arm comparatively. And I think Fromm helping him and talking to him in the locker room and going over the playbook with him will definitely benefit Josh Allen. So even if Jake Mm -hmm. Fromm ever suits up and starts a game for the Buffalo Bills, I think the pick was well worth it. And I also think the Epinesa pick, will definitely benefit Jerry Hughes as well, or, or who knows. They have two very good defensive ends now, and they're not going to be able to just ignore one of them as much. Well, obviously, they don't ignore completely, but they're not going to have to focus. They're going to have to focus their attention on the offensive line on one or the other more because, like like Malone said, Epineza had like something like 12 sacks, 11 and a half sacks mm-hmm. uh, last, this past year, so he's, he's a stud. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bills – I feel like with their manager right now, with McDermott, he kind of came in. I remember the first thing he did when he took over the team after Rex Ryan was he got rid of all the, like, I think it was, like, pool tables and stuff or something like that, arcade something in the, like, team room. So he came in right away, and he started building a culture of, like, discipline, improvement, and kind of creating, like, a high-character culture. I think he shows that in the draft, too. And Brandon Bean's also a guy who's very active as a GM. He, like, makes a lot of moves. I think those two guys working together really have – in mind what they want to do. And you see that obviously, like I just said in the draft and then the free agent pickups and trades and stuff like that, they're kind of really building what they, they want to build. And then that's part of the big reason why the bills are consensus, you know, team on the rise. So I don't know why Malone was considering them for the biggest regressor, but um, I think that the future is bright for anyone here who's listening (laughs) as a bills fan. I'm a bills fan. I'm super excited, excited, super pumped. (laughs) Uh, I think it could be a really big, I'm excited. Um, yeah. Yep. I wanted to thank our guests for coming on today. I also wanted to thank John DeLoss and Ricky Lipinski for submitting some questions for us. Uh, you, we know we've got the boys supporting this podcast, and I had to shout them out quick. Um, Madam, you got anything to say, brother? Uh, yeah. I mean, I just want to say thank you again to, to Sharps and Brendan for coming on. You guys obviously know what you're talking about, and the the conversation was super easy because of that. And I think that it's really valuable to be able to have different opinions, especially all four of us have different teams that we support. So it's good to be able to come together and talk about, you know, things that we've seen and things that we think are going to happen. So appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Fins up. Ah! We know the people, we know they want this shit. um, So we're going to give it to them.